The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the front room. They have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth, but they had faith in you. And you Good Monday afternoon to you all. You are live with myself, Michael Govier, and Dr. David A. Meyer. He is back with us. He was on the show, uh, was about six weeks ago or so? Yeah, earlier summer. Good to be back. Thank you for having me again. Of course, man. I thought it would be fun. Well, I don't know if it's fun, but it certainly should be useful and informative to y'all because injuries are still out there and they're always a problem. And David has experience. For those of you that missed our episode, you can go back and watch it here on the YouTube channel. Sub, 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 sub. Watch it live and check it out. Or you can listen to the podcast version on any standard podcast platform what's your favorite podcast platform dave what do you use when you listen to podcasts spotify through and through i'm finding myself more on spotify than anything else apple's got too many idiosyncrasies i'm not a big fan of no offense apple no uh oh you just angered the big giant and now you're not i don't know i'm trying to get top 25 so i I don't want to do anything to screw up those chances for my podcast injury to elite but yeah no spotify definitely spotify yeah, so again, if you missed the show with Dave, we talked extensively about injury stuff. We also talked about his own experiences and the Injured to Elite podcast, Injured to Elite course. It's a lot going on. Dave, fill everybody in about what they need to know if they want to know more about your work. Yeah, go check my book out, Injured to Elite on Amazon. It's the the missing link for physical rehabilitation. If you have an injury, we know how to treat you physically, but mentally, we're just scratching the surface. So I created a comprehensive guide to help you in that department and actually just started filming my digital course to complement that now. And so I got all the, the lights and the cameras in the background here. You can't see it, but, uh, but baseball gets me energized. So get me away from this course stuff and let's talk, let's talk fun baseball. Damn, man. You're really taking things up a notch. You got a course, you got lighting. Yeah. You sound yeah, yeah. terrific. This guy, you know, I feel like I was there on the ground floor early on, even though it was only like two months ago. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm, uh, I, st- you know, I published the book in October, it took me a year or so to write that. I was on about 30 podcasts outside of my own show over the last several months. Um, but this next year is going to be a ramp up year. Like this is the unleash year. I'm sure just like you with your, you know, you're growing too. I mean, unleash, that's the word time to unleash. Well, you know, we do our best. We take it a day at a time and, uh, we do have overall goals and plans and we hope they do work out at some point, but you know, people aren't here for that. Let's get cut the crap. People want to talk injuries. They want to hear what you have Let's to go. say. Let's go. They like you, and they want to know. Dave? Jacob DeGrom. Right forearm tightness. Uh, looks like he'll go on a rehab assignment this week. He's had a 
Let's talk for a second about all these little injuries he's had yeah. because he's had so many. And now some people in fantasy realm, in the fantasy realm only, are saying that Garrett Cole is the best pitcher because he's always on the bump. Even if he can't use the sticky stuff anymore, he's still there. Yeah. Well, DeGrom is interesting this year. He's been bouncing back quite a bit. And let's not forget, uh, years ago, back in 2014, he had some some shoulder inflammation going on and off there. This is not anything new to him. It might be part of his his game where he has this ability to be sensitive to when something is barking and this might be his way of managing it. But let's talk about patterns. So if we look at how he's managed this, especially this year, he's gone through this process where he's able to kind of back off the gas pedal a week or two, three weeks maybe, and then he bounces back. So right now, pattern wise, I I think it's as crazy as might sound to people. It's kind of under control. And again, every, I just watched a video of him throwing a few days ago or playing catch before his side that he threw and he looked okay. Of course, I'm not there. I'm just going based on, you know, looking at the smile on his face, looked free and easy, good follow through. So I I'm inclined to believe that he's going to bounce back again. However, look, he's, he's obviously getting to his threshold. He's getting, even if it's just like they're being protective, he's getting to that point where he's really pushing it. I don't know how much better he could be. So we have to be honest about it. Like, you know, you start spinning the tires on a Ferrari and yeah, you're pretty close to the edge. So he's right at that point. Uh, and, and hopefully they're just on top of it. That's my thinking. Beautiful. Jacob DeGrom's a Ferrari. That is a that's the kind of analogy you get here from Mr. David Meyer. He's with us. We're talking injuries. This is, uh, I call this, <laughs> what do I call this? The t- the, at the trainer's table with Dr. I like David it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I love <laughs> that's it. What I, that's what I labeled it. I think it's fun. I know that Jacob DeGrom always has little nicks and issues, and he's also very t- proud and tough. And he, he might do more harm to himself. Guy. He might, well, both physically, too. He, he is, you're right. It's probably more of a mental tough. If you're hurt physically, doesn't it take a tremendous amount of mental toughness to overcome that, to want to continue to play? It does. And I mean, I think what we're we're looking at is a player that has a good feel for himself. And I think it's a collaborative effort probably between DeGrom's people outside of the team, DeGrom himself and the team being looking at him as a true asset and managing him as an asset. So like, look, I mean, I don't know what kind of data they're getting. Uh, it could be a, a lot of different factors, but nobody should be freaking out just yet. I think that Things are under control with him, and we just have to trust in that process that that's been working. It seems like a few other times. I don't. It doesn't seem to me like there's an there's an underlying significant structural injury that they're not talking about. I truly think that this is related to load and recovery and and management. That's. I think this is the future of the game in these types of players. By the way, hmm. You're not a soothsayer. You're not a crystal ball dude, but uh. We should see Jacob DeGrom in August, barring any I, I, setbacks. That's I, barring any setbacks, right? That that's kind of what I'm getting at. I don't think that we're gonna, you know, see him not pitch very much the rest of this year. I think we're gonna see him plenty. Uh, I think that this might be a pattern. They might have to utilize these strategies a little often with with this type of player. You know, you change the tires on those types of cars a lot. You know, pit pit stops. You might see a lot of pit stops with a DeGrom, and you, we already have. So I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not. 
honestly not too concerned about his, his going forward with him specifically. I think he, I think they really have figured it out to some degree with him, or at least they're they're trying to, and they're not being laissez-faire about it. They're taking action and they're letting him have some of that cool down recovery. I mean, the guy pitches his butt off. Let's be honest. You the know? Mets are known though for well, they they have a reputation now. They Whether do. It's act- accurate or not, for being pretty poor when it comes to training and injury recovery well, or even identifying out. injuries. Yeah, I'll jump into it. So I, I worked with a lot of players that played for the Mets before they came to the Cardinals. And I think a lot of it was ownership. I think a lot of it previously was meddling from ownership and getting involved in areas that they shouldn't have. I think we're in a very new territory and direction. Just like when I, when my, my colleague Eric Cressy came with the Yankees, there's going to be a several year period for several years uh, where you're figuring out the flow and how it all is going to work out together. So the Mets are in new ownership. They, they have some new staff, their medical program will be ever evolving. I don't think that it's any kind of lack of competency right now. I think that it's simply figuring out how to manage certain high priority assets that are putting tremendous load on their body. And I mean, I've never seen anybody like a DeGrom really putting that much. I mean, that's just, it's incredible. It's, it's really, you know, you talk about Garrett Cole. I don't know. I I don't think I've seen, uh, you know, how many back-to-back stars. It's just DeGrom's numbers, DeGrom's velocity and his, this is really an outlier case. We haven't seen too many of DeGrom's in our, in our lifetime. So. Mm. Okay. I'll leave it there. I was going to ask about him throwing too hard. Do you think that's overhyped too, real quick, I guess? So so that's kind of what I'm getting at in terms of DeGrom's game. Like DeGrom, I think that he's a player that has good control of his gears, but maybe he does need to figure out how to mix in more off speed, how to get, I mean, you know, he's got certain pitches that are so devastating. It's hard to get away from that, especially his fastball, right? But um that's a good point. I know he bounced between the slider and the a little more slider, a little less slider. Is that right? So I, I don't know. I, I think that he might have to figure that out a little bit. Is it another pitch? Is it perfecting another pitch? Yeah, that's probably an off-season conversation, mm-hmm. how he's going to retool that for sure. Well, we talked when you were on the podcast prior about these side injuries, these oblique injuries being the result of guys spending yeah. too much time in the cage and swinging too hard and too often. Sure, for sure. I would assume the same issue would be Throwing too hard too often is going to eventually... I mean, we already know the torque we're putting on the elbows of these pitchers is already at an all-time... It's like almost defying physics, right? It's getting out of control. And there was definitely nobody doing this in the 1920s, 30s, or 40s. It just wasn't how it was back then. Not even last... Not even two, three years ago. Exactly. It's just just getting bigger, faster, stronger every year. Yeah, it is. They do have to be very cognizant of the the non-competition load. I think that's a key. We certainly you're not going to really be able to mimic what he's doing on the mound, especially in a pitcher like DeGrom. But I think it's going to become more and more of a focus on what he is doing off of the mound, even though it already has been that getting a little more objective, figuring out when is the optimal day to throw the side? How many pitches does he throw on the side? Because at the end of the day, when he goes on the mound, He's got to go shove. He's got to go do it. So I think the focus is going to be more and more of the off the field management and the load management. How that remember when I was with the cards in 2015 starting, load management was like brand, it was a baby. It was, it was an infant. <laughs> okay. So where's where's load management right now in 2021? It's still a baby. So yeah. 
we have things to collect data on. We have things to look at, but still we're five, 10 years away from, from really getting this down. So we're still going through that process of figuring it out. And you know what? Slowing players down is the best way to be proactive when something's barking. So he's getting to that point and, you know, but I don't think that's going to, I don't, I, I think this is, I really think this is just going to be in certain players repertoire where they have these pauses. I don't, you know, not trying to get into the politics of the IL or anything like that, but this might be here to stay in a lot of players. Oh, come on, man. You already did that out when you were on here a while ago. If you want to hear right. more about that, David was <laughs> Dropping dimes, great stuff about players and teams, both manipulating IL to their advantage I, based yeah. on situations. I'm not saying this is manipulating IL, but I think that soreness no. is now IL. You know, Got I it. think IL is now becoming a soreness, the the soreness list. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm not belittling what he might feel, but you know, that's I'm just making that point. I think it's important I like to, it. to understand that. Hey, tell like it is here. That's what we do. We're just trying to be honest. We don't know everything, but we're trying to give honest but educated opinions, too. David's got a lot of experience. He's been around. He is a guy who put a lot of work into his education. So I trust what David says. That's why I wanted David on here in the first place. Not only is he a smart dude, he's thoughtful. He's also a good speaker, and he does his own great podcast. Check out his work, Injured to Elite. Follow him on Twitter, at Injured to Elite, or Instagram, and you can go from there, and you can learn about everything else he's doing. It's really good stuff. I... I really wanted to do this show every Monday because I feel like David deserves more love and I want to be a part of boosting that up. I'm not saying I'm the guy to do it, but you, every little piece of exposure helps. That's what let's I think. Let's do it. All right, let's, who's next on the list? Let's get some good ones. Let's talk uh, Chris Sale here. So he's made two rehab starts. He went three and two-thirds in his last outing. Struck out nine, but uh, Wait, gave up some home this? runs. Where is this at? Big oh, this is a double A over in oh. Portland Sea Dogs. One of the best logos in the minor leagues, the Portland Sea Dogs, by the way. Okay. So, so, <laughs> I love so strike, striking out nine in dubs. Okay. Let's not get too excited about that. Uh, he should be doing that. So that's great. Three innings. That's a good amount of load. I want to know how many pitches because remember another thing, he struck out nine. How many pitches? Is that? I mean, what, you know, we want to know that we want to know how many pitches he's throwing in order to figure out where he's at in the process. Normally, you know, we're accounting for 20 to anywhere from 15 to 30 pitches an inning. So in three innings, it could be anywhere. I mean, for him, it could be anywhere from 20 pitches to 60 to 70 pitches. So we want to know the pitch count. We want to know how many through. Um, that sounds great. Sounds like he's well on his way and getting pretty close. I'm just quickly thinking three innings, three and a third. He did give up a home run too. He got into some trouble. He had some runners on base, so he had to get out of jams, which is good because you want to have that practice too. You yeah, don't want it all to be easy peasy. A little stress innings good. You know, my former mentor used to say this with ACLs, with football players. Say so the first year back, you're just contributing. I know people don't want to hear this. So Lance <laughs> Lynn, I'll use Lance, okay, because I work with Lance. He was one of the first ball players that came down to Jupiter, a uh, big leaguer that I was rehabbing. And uh, I'm not going to share any medical information about him. I'm just going to talk about general stuff. So basically, when you think of how many it's been a it's been a progression for Lance getting back to I think he was really showing some signs of greatness even before his injury, but the level he's at now is pretty phenomenal. So it takes some some years sometimes to get the performance side back. So I'm not too I don't go nuts about strikeouts, home runs, things like that. I want to know that he tolerated the load and that I see an upward trajectory. I want to see strikes first 
foremost. Well, he had really. 64 pitches and 46 were strikes. So that's yeah. pretty damn good. Right? Sign. That's an, it's a great sign. We want to know if his velos in the, in the ballpark. And uh, even then we don't go crazy with velo. It'll go up and up as he goes, especially to the big leagues. You'll see it. You'll just see it naturally come back. Just the adrenaline, things of that nature. But that sounds really good. You're going to, I I'm just speaking my guesstimate here is your who's his agent by the way is that is he a boris guy that's a great question you would think he is he's one of the elites and he's got a, a massive boris contract guy. that he signs for sales agent. i could be wrong uh and now that's something to factor into because some agents have different it's bb abbott have you ever heard of bb abbott no yeah it's bb abbott right, so it's not a boris so you know it depends a little bit on the conversation between all them but with those numbers, you'd I'd be surprised if he's not contributing in the big league level this year. Really? I, I'd be yeah, yeah. Now again, different but styles. Still, we still got August and September, right? I mean So what I'm saying, no, no, no. I, I'd be surprised if he was not contributing at the big oh, league. Oh shit. Level. I totally just duh, good job yeah. hosting, Mike. What are you doing? Good lord. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I got a friend that I just found out he has a bet, which is a really strange bet. If Chris Sale pitches more than five innings in the bigs this year, he's got to eat a bowl of mashed potatoes, but apparently he hates mashed, mashed potatoes. potatoes. It's uh, there. I don't know he if he had a gluten allergy potatoes. or he hates mashed potatoes. I'm not really sure what it is. So. Wasn't there an actor that did a mashed potatoes diet? The guy from Jane Silent Bob. He lost a ton of weight. <laughs> you like that? Oh, one? yeah. He did the potato diet that that guy Penn, uh, from Penn and Teller did too because that guy wrote that book. Eat a potato. Yeah. Eat, you can eat as much potatoes as you want. All the time, and eventually, I guess you get sick of it, and you start losing weight. It's pretty weird. Is that what it, I didn't realize that was the reason. Got oh, yeah, there's a whole book. I can't remember the name of the guy or the book, but that is a real diet. Anyways, Chris Sale coming to a mound near you in Boston very soon. Stay I think tuned. so. I think he's getting close. Mookie Betts, right hip inflammation. Uh, they didn't put him on the IL for the whole week. They really dragged this out, which is a buzzkill for fantasy players because you like to, you know, after four days, usually it's five days, right? Like It's like... If he doesn't come back, if someone doesn't come back, they'll usually put him on the IL. But it's a special player. It's Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts has right hip inflammation. Uh, we don't know anything more than that, so we're not inside the training room. But um, how could this be something that affects him long-term with his swing and his gait? Yeah, so that's a great question. These We're seeing a trend of more and more of these nonspecific things like inflammation in the hip or the elbow or the shoulder you know, a torn tendon without even telling us what the tendon is, <laughs> not really talking about MRIs and x-rays. We're seeing more and more of them being pretty subtle and it's a business. I mean, it's Intel, right? So they're, they're, they're not showing their cards as much as I think they used to, because they're, they're getting a little bit better about that. So when we think of right hip inflammation, we think of the hip joint in the most common pathologies. We have impingement issues, labral issues. Those are probably the two most common things we'll see. Then you have hip flexor stuff. So <clears throat> it could be a simple as a little hip flexor inflammation or a little tendonitis type of thing, or it could be an impingement situation slash labral issue that really can be problematic for either a position player or a pitcher. So this is the type of thing that you want to see what the next week or two looks like. Of course, you want to kind of play it day by day, but there's no reason to think that with good rehab or let's say maybe they inject some cortisone and do some rehab with that, do a little deload, take a little time off. Even mm -hmm. if it's a few games that can, that can clean it right up. Um, and I would, I would probably be, I would be more on the side of it's probably not going to, 
uh, in and of itself be a major, major injury if it's just some hip inflammation, but I'd really be paying close attention for the next seven to 10 days to see what the direction is. And if the direction is kind of up and down, up and down, then maybe it's, is there a labral tear? Is there something a little more structural going on? So it could be a simple thing though, that's cleaned up in the training room. He was turning his season around before this came about. He had home runs in three or four games. He went two for three, three for four, three for five, four for four. So he's got a he lot was- of running under him. And so he's on the bases a lot. So, yep. you know, you'd think, well, if he was, if he was turning it around, I would think that maybe he was, he was just putting a lot more, you know, a lot of more miles under his legs than he maybe started the season off with. So mm-hmm. it could be load wise. And that would, that would lead me to think maybe perhaps it is just a recovery issue and and he does need a little reset and a little rehab. Yeah. But let me First, offer another yeah. side here real quick. Sure. His first half was really bad statistically. He just right. wasn't produced. I mean, he's supposed to be one of the top five players in baseball. Right. And he was way below that. He was like replacement levels. Weird. But he started crushing it now, really turning it on the second half. Post-All-Star break, too. Remember, we just came off that a couple weeks ago. I would think that they would want him to get right because he was getting right. So I would think, we don't know this, but what if it's uh, actually a legit injury that's like, oh, man, Mookie was really hitting his stride, but he actually really could be in some pain now. Yeah, no, no. So don't misinterpret how I talk about some of these things. I think everything is legitimate. I don't, I'm not even oh, talking no, about Oh, no, yeah, I'm not saying but, that. But in terms of severity, we, it's very common. Somebody would come into the training room saying, yeah, my hip is super, it's on fire. It's super sore. And it could just very well be that like, you know, he did tweak something. There is inflammation in, inside of that, that hip joint, but it could also be that rehab will be very effective even over a course of one to four weeks to oh. help help kind of turn a corner. Now, if it is a traumatic thing or something that built up while you know he was turning the corner or one game rounding the bases, what have you, could have been something off the workout, then sure, it could be it could be legitimate, but still I'm gonna ear on the side of it probably spike in load, probably is a recovery thing, probably super inflamed. And I think rehab's gonna help him out. I would I would say four four weeks tops, this type of thing, more likely two weeks. And I think he should be cleaned up. You're going to see him perform better. Yeah, that's the thing. It's just a couple things going on here. It's the Dodgers. We know they like to play with the IL. They have title aspirations. They just won the right. World Series last year. So there's a lot of factors that we can't really give you much more than that. But I'll go you on intuition. We know. I'll go in, yeah. on intuition. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say that <clears throat> he's going to clean it up in the training room and he's going to be back sooner than later. I'm just going to take some intuition guess here. We're talking live with Dr. David A. Meyer, injured to elite on Twitter, on Instagram. Hit him up. He's got booked. He's got podcasts. He's got the future of mental health and physical health all rolled into one for athletes. He's here to help you, too. He's a great guy. He's a killer entertainer, and he's on the Palazzo podcast. Two L's, two Z's, of course. Oh, you talk. done that once today. There Give me two. I forgot to do that. Got to throw that in, even if it's a short, quick show. We're doing a new segment. This is called At the Trainer's Table with Dr. David A. Meyer. We're covering the injuries that are going on in Major League Baseball. His teammate, Mookie's that is, Cody Bellinger has been a real buzzkill this year for a lot of people. But he started with the offseason shoulder surgery. So Mm. that people were a little worried about that. But he came back really quick from it. It was basically ready to go, which was shocking to a lot of people. But then he had the hamstring that he hurt. And then he hurt it again. Over the weekend, he was out for a month with the same left hamstring. It's the same one again. Is this just going to 
I don't know if he can ever get healthy from this left hamstring the rest of the season. Let's talk quick. So left hand. So do we know how he injured it? Was it on a specific? Yeah, he uh, was, he was uh, on base. He was running and he felt the twins. So they, they said they pulled them for precautionary measures on this latest one. He originally did it also running as well when he did it six weeks ago, five weeks ago. Okay. So we have a recurrent hamstring strain. These are problematic. We know that all of us know that that have been around this game, the, you know, we think of the the Mets and we think of their outfielder from a few years ago and what he went through on and off. Why am I blank on his name? Help me out here. Cody Bellinger? Oh, the Mets? Uh, the Mets outfielder, uh, Cuban ball player that... Uh, Yo, and uh, Cespedes, the Cespedes. guy who walked away from the game last year. <laughs> yeah, Cespedes. So we saw we Jose Reyes, another Met there. We've seen these recurrent hamstring issues plague players. Uh, my feeling towards it. The hamstring is one of the most important muscles in the baseball player because much like the rotator cuff, it helps slow them down, slow their leg down, slow their arm down for their rotator cuff. So Mm. you can almost think of like the hamstring is like the rotator cuff for the, for the position player. It slows their leg down. Right. And it's controlling that. So baseball starts stop. So when they have problems, of course, in their shoulder rotator cuff for a pitcher problematic and for a position player running around that hamstring issue is a big, big problem. Their posterior chain doesn't work effectively. So I do, I'm very conservative with these. I think a lot of times what happens is, and I'm not, I'm not placing fault on who I, I know some of the Dodgers training staff, they have great people there, great, great staff. But what can happen is the player feels good under submaximal load. Their rehab goes well. And of course, the player wants to return. He obviously wants to return after an off-season shoulder surgery. He wants to play. And how many, you know, how much volume have you really built into the running, the sprinting, all that stuff? Even if he's feeling, even if he's performing back in the show and he's got some good uh you know, he's been going around the base paths fine. You don't know how he's really feeling there. You don't know how his numbers really are. So I don't think we respect hamstring rehab long enough. I think that we have a tendency of kind of returning a little quicker. And that's the time that's just like the shoulder. You, you, you really want to be thorough and complete. Unlike the, the hip inflammation thing we were talking about where it's in the joint, it could be recovery. When we're talking about that big muscle that really might not be fully healed or strong, that's a different story. And that, that, that's something that can really plague a player. So my, my, if I was in there, I'd be slowing him down really, especially, you know, like a player like Bellinger who, you know, he, he's shown some great, great, great stuff over the last few years. Former MVP. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking about a player that probably needs to be in that <laughs> We they got two four MVPs in that locker room, Betts and Bellinger. That's crazy. So totally. I think in the, but in, in the case of Belly versus Bell uh versus Betts, I think Bellinger probably needs some substantial amount of time to fix these underlying things that are going on. For sure. <sighs> it's yeah. not what we want to hear, but we want yeah. the truth. We always want the truth. That's bad news for me because I have him on a really important team I'm trying to win. But I just know he's got a 284 OBP. It's so crazy. He should not. Have a 284 OBP. This guy's an MVP. Hit 47 bombs. He's so good. So he's clearly so gotta, in pain, man. The clear, he's not healthy at all. I Bellinger got a lot of love for you. Never met you, man. You do. You, you know. I, I hope that you work through all these things. But with the shoulder and the hamstring and through the chain like that, we got to be. If I let's talk in the rehab side, got to be very careful with this. We got to get it under control. We got to figure out what is breaking down in this chain. 
and get to the bottom of it. We're in the middle of the season. He's got a, he's not, how old is he? 28, 20, 26, 20. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's in his mid twenties. So we're talking about it. Has he, is he arb eligible yet? Uh, that's a good question. I, he's been there. He's been in the league for like four years. I would think he is. Yes. He's close. Yeah. All he's right. gotta be talking about a player that, that really kind of needs to, to figure it out. And if he needs to take extra time, he's got to take extra time. He's got to get it right. So yeah, I got it right. He just turned 26. God, he's so young. And he, and he's still under major league minimum. I'm guessing not didn't sign a contract yet. Yeah. Well, he's in the R because he came up in 2017. This is one, this is his fifth season, full season. And so when would he be R eligible? That would be after this year. Contract okay. status, yeah, he's our eligible and free agent in twenty four. In twenty uh, in twenty twenty four, he'll be a free agent then. But he is our eligible after this season. Yes. Okay, so we're talking about a situation where it's very important for him to show good statistics and to get to that point for next year. So he, uh, so yeah. so now we have a situation. So this is what we have to look at. So now we have a player that wants to play. Now we understand he's pushing harder than probably his body. Okay, so we got a situation here where he's he's looking to get himself into a good position in the offseason to to get looks and to get some money, uh, but his body is not necessarily feeling that as well. If I was on his, you know, I would I would say right now is a very important point in the season for him. He's you know the next three weeks for him, the next three to six weeks for him. My, the way I'd advise the player if it, if it was a player I was working with is take the next three to six weeks, get yourself right, and then try and end strong. So I, I would hate to see him bouncing back too quickly, to be honest with you right now. Boy, well, he did pinch hit yesterday, which again, I think would kind of feed into what you're saying there because they said, okay, he tweaked it. Let's skip. They have an off day today. So they didn't want to start him on Saturday or Sunday, but he did pinch hit yesterday, which I would feel like maybe he pushed for that based on this ARB situation. That, that, yeah. We don't know that for sure, of course. We're not... I, I'm sick of the qualifications. People know. We're not experts. We're just yeah, trying... Yeah, yeah, I mean, no, you're no. an expert when it comes to injury, well, but I will tell you this. We don't know what's going on inside their heads, so we're no, not going to... No, no, no. I discla- yeah, I don't work for any of these teams. I don't know. I'm, I mean, I do understand w- what could be going on. And I think, you know, bottom line is if, if we're talking fantasy baseball here, I'd be careful. <laughs> I'd be really careful. Really uh, accentuated a lot of, that careful. A lot it. of emotions going on. And, 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 you know, I would kind of, you know, if I have a chance to say something to Cody, right? If he was somehow crazily listening to the Enrico Palazzo <laughs> podcast, I would say, He's Cody. He's got an off day on a Monday here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cody, my man, take care. Number one, take care of yourself, right? So if you want to think of it as like, what's the right thing to do and, and you want to, you know, manage your teams that way, that's how you got to look at this situation here. Well said. Really good stuff there. Uh, all right, let's fly through a couple of these and we'll wrap it up. Uh, Sounds good. Mike Trout's been out forever with this calf thing. I just think of the Josh Donaldson calf thing when I think of this now because it's dragged on forever. And calves really are this big a problem. I mean, he's ramping up. He's starting to run now, but he's been... How long ago was this? This was way back in earlier in May, and it's been past the six to eight week window. We're on three months now. So a lot of almost things. all of May, June, and July, yeah. almost. So, you know, if we took, uh, if we had a son, if I had a son, and he had that same injury, he'd be going back a lot sooner, and probably even with the little soreness. Now we take a guy like Mike Trout, we take 
the contract of Mike Trout, they're going to go slow with this. A calf injury, like you said, yeah, six to eight weeks, totally appropriate. So uh, can it affect the player's performance that much? Yeah. I mean, they're pretty much what we call it's going into triple extension. So the knee, the hip, and the ankle all kind of going in that, that direction as if you'd imagine jumping up into the air. So the ankle's going down, the knee's extending, the hip's extending, and that's how you produce force, even into the ground. So imagine, is it his right or his left? I just out of curiosity. Is right calf. His back calf, right? He's a righty, righty. He's a righty, righty. Okay, so so you think about a swing, you think of all that force he's producing in that back calf. So my answer is heck yeah, it does. And uh, we're t- we're talking about the American League, so we're talking about a player that doesn't necessarily need to um, be out there. I mean, you know, he could work in as a DH. And we're talking he- about a team that's five hundred. They're forty nine and forty nine. Yeah. It can take this long, and with that contract, it's going to take this long. I'm sure he's. I'm sure he's going to be just fine. I'm sure Mike Trout's going to play this year. He's going to be just fine, and it's just the nature of it. It just shows you that a guy like him, who is just jacked, he's so in shape. It looks like he is. He looks like a modern marvel of, of you know a gorgeous body that is trim, fit, can run, can fly, can hit, can do it all. But even a, an injury like this, yeah, the calf, person down. Calf's a big muscle, and if you think about it. The bottom of those, that body, that calf muscle, every time you push off, right? That's how you, you move around. That's how you get anywhere by that muscle. So you look at the pecs and you look at the lats, like that stuff doesn't matter as much, but the calf <laughs> is one of the calf is one of the most important muscles for the athlete. So yeah, no, it, it might not seem like that. Cause it's just down low. You don't see it as visibly. No. Yeah. It's a big deal. And, uh, it's important, but even if you're made of steel, if you're made, if you know, yeah, absolutely. Let's, who's next? <laughs> Yasmani Grandel. Now, I hate to even bring this up because we talked before we went on the air. That all we could find is torn tendon in his knee. This is, again, this comes back to the same thing with the hip inflammation. They're they're doing this on purpose. The trainer has an idea, and the doctor certainly has an idea of what's going on a little more structurally. They could give it another diagnosis if they wished. But what's going on here is they're, they're being more nonspecific on purpose. Torn tendon in the knee. So let's go through what's possible. Well, <laughs> it could be it could be number one that they just screwed it up and that it's not a tendon, it's a meniscus, and they they went in and they cleaned the meniscus up. So that's always a possibility that the reporter got it wrong. Um, but if we talk about the tendon I'm thinking of in the knee that we normally think of, we're thinking of the the patella or the quad tendon, and that's a massive, massive injury. That is some serious stuff. That's not an injury that. <laughs> I think I read something about three weeks, not a torn, not a torn patellar or quadricep tendon. That's the, the rest of the year, if not parts of the next year. Uh, I guess we could think of, uh, the brewers. Who'd we have there? The, uh, first baseman, the brewers, it was a patellar fracture actually, not the tendon, but, uh, oh, brewers first I can't, uh, Dan Vogelbeck. No nah, brewers. Two, maybe it was two years ago. Prince Fielder. Oh, I'm going nah. way back here. I'm just man, I'm throwing out names. In. Marlins. Oh, uh, Jesus Aguilar. Yes, Jesus Aguilar. Uh, he plays for the Marlins now, and he played for the Brewers. He was their first baseman. I'm screwing this all up. But anyway, so Doesn't torn matter. tendon. Who knows? Uh, I hope, yeah, I read that report three weeks. I don't really get that. Doesn't make sense to me. Seems very strange. So if it was a knee scope and they just cleaned up a little meniscus thing, sure, three weeks. A little, and a he's little a catcher. Clean. Yeah, well, it's okay. So we're th- I wonder if they screwed that up. I don't know. Something tells me. <laughs> Something tells me the reporter might have gotten tendon and ligament or tendon and 
something else mixed up. I don't know. And that's just, very important. You always say it's very important to get the exact detail of what the injury is, yeah. not just general arm soreness or general inflammation, or if there's a yeah. forearm tightness. If there is a tear or there's inflammation, those are very different things. You you said that to me, and I've really thought about that a lot since you said that. Yeah, specifics, details matter. Yeah, so yeah. I, I'm sorry. I don't get but much. they're not giving them to us either. So <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't have anything for anybody on Grendel. That's a weird one. I, I, I try and find some more. I don't know where you get, guys all get your news from now for injuries but oh, you can't get everywhere. it as easily on google no, it's getting tighter it's getting a little tighter i agree yeah uh josh rojas dislocated a right pinky uh is a right pinky that important to hitting i thought the pinky wasn't that big a deal well gotta think top hand bottom hand which one is it that's true and throwing the ball that i guess that pinky does. yeah so not it's something that they could bounce back from that's a you know a few could be a few weeks. It could be a little longer than a few weeks. Could be really nothing to write home about too much. Uh, hitting wise, it could affect their performance hitting. I mean, you know, certainly, especially I would say if it's, uh, I'd, I'd kind of say maybe if it was, it depends on how they grip the bat. It could be problematic for the top or the bottom hand, but something that I would say could be a few week thing and, and not to worry too much about that. That could be absolutely very minimal. Well, he bats left and he throws right. So take that with all you will. And it's the right pinky. That's lefty. And yep. it's the left pinky. So it's his top hand. It's his right pinky. Oh, it's his right pinky, you said. Bottom yeah. hand. Bottom Got hand. it. Well, and he throws, but he throws right, though. So if yeah. that's, it must have been bad enough where it's dislocated, too. It's not broken, right? So that's a difference. Yeah. You don't get a lot of, uh, you don't get as much power at that part of your hand. You're getting more of the power, obviously, on the thumb side. So there's a very good chance that this doesn't really greatly affect the player how did he dislocate it sliding yeah sliding into a base classic right we saw a lot of these by the way a lot that's why they wear those i thought that's why they wear those things now the the slide glove the oven mitt yeah the (laughs) The oven mitt you're right it is an oven mitt it's funny we we call i think i don't know the technique yeah call it mitt but um i love it i'm calling it the oven mitt forever now all right what's next uh we're talking here with david meyer and injured to elite Follow him. Follow him. I keep telling you to do it. If you're new to the show, you're watching. We got a great audience for Monday afternoon, by the way. So thank you guys for popping in here. And you're not talking to us, but that's fine. I hope you're absorbing this. You can watch it in perpetuity on YouTube or in the podcast version anytime. A couple more we're leaving. Jeff McNeil, muscle fatigue <laughs> in his leg. What's going on? I, yeah, this is this is strange. Uh, I, I couldn't tell you. The, I, I have no idea what's going on. I mean... A few years ago, I tell you, when I worked in baseball, we weren't saying muscle. Eh, maybe once or twice a shoulder fatigue. Now, yeah, we that's different. A player though, a position player with muscle fatigue seems weird. I, that it's very weird, and it sounds to me like it sounds to me like th- that's being overly, overly cautious on how they're reporting it. So. What are they trying to not tell us? Uh, it's lower. It's muscle. It's any specific muscle or just muscle. It says fatigue? leg muscle, leg muscle fatigue. So, you know, did he come? So is that an, so this is exactly what we're trying to understand. Is this a player coming into the training room and saying, my leg is super tight today and I need a day. Or is this the player saying my hip flexor is killing me and it's on fire and it's it's really I'm just using that as an example, and it's really mm-hmm. an injury that they don't want to tell us about. Is it one or the other? So that's when you have to start using. You have to use. You know, has the player been hurt recently? Has the player player's performance been good or bad lately? 
what are all the factors? So I need to know the whole picture there, but that sounds very bizarre. I, that's very bizarre. He did pinch it yesterday, drove in two runs with the hit, so that's cool. But that's about it. And then I assume and he then had to fatigue. run. There's no pinch runners, at least to first base. You do have to run to first base in the major leagues. And then fatigue is the next day. We heard about that today. No, this started Wednesday. So he's been like sitting out and just pinch hitting since he's not, Wednesday. So he's he's playing. He's not on the IL, but they're reporting that he's got fatigue. Yeah, well, he's yes. So Wednesday he's got the fatigue. He doesn't play. He's just been sitting on the bench, but he pinch hit yesterday. So, so they're trying to work really, him. Yeah, and yeah. I guess I'm, I'm guessing they're trying to work him back in and just yeah. So it sounds to me. So like, I'm thinking maybe this will be a maybe it was a short term thing, and hopefully this he would play this, this week. This is the type of example where I think they're deloading now. Something that might be going on. I don't work in in baseball right now anymore. So I think what might have happened since 2017, the last year I was there. I think they're collecting a lot of data, and I think they are even subjectively asking the player, I think they are really being proactive about deloading the player in situations like this. So I think that this, this to me, screams slam dunk example of that because the player worked in as a pinch hit. You know, they're, they're not doing that if there's, they're not, they're not play, teams are not dumb like that. They don't just play, play a player <laughs> like that. So right. this is a slam dunk example of load management. Especially Jeff McNeil. He's a very important part to, the Mets team, what they do, and they this don't want him to be hurt. Yeah, this okay. is load management. Wow, this is so fascinating, so fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Carlos Carrasco, uh, you know, he missed the whole season with a torn hamstring, but he's ramped up. He's done a rehab, did three innings. Uh, you know, he pitched a very pretty, I think it was a pretty minimal pitch count, 39 pitches. Uh, can he show up in the what? major leagues after he, that? He had surgery for his hamstring? I believe, yes, I well, I believe he did. It, it, had, it was torn. It had to have been surgical because he's missed the entire year. He didn't play at all, and he hasn't had a single single moment on the mound yeah. this year. And Until which, now. Leg, which leg is this? This was a – oh, which one? Let me double-check on that. That is important because he is a right-handed pitcher. Right-handed pitcher. Okay. Yeah. Champstring. Uh, but, like, I mean, it sounds like such a nasty injury that – I wonder how this guy was able to come back this far ahead. I mean, a torn hamstring for a pitcher sounds like something that would just be devastating. Devastating, right? I and mean, he was it's, it's devastating he was doing for it. any pitch any any baseball player. It's his right hamstring. So it's not his push. It is his push leg. It's his push yeah. leg. It's not his yeah. land leg. So actually, you know, I look at it twofold. With the the land leg, I'm pretty concerned about how those forces dissipate up the chain because now that land leg as he's throwing the ball. How, where are those forces going? The hamstring's not doing a lot of its job if it's not back to full strength. So you hope, number one, that he's done full, complete rehab to get that hamstring as strong as possible. Um, but I get very concerned about the rest of his body, the rest of his chain. He had surgery when? That's what I'm efforting. I'm thinking maybe he didn't, though. Could you rehab a torn hamstring? Yes, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. then I think that's what happened then. I'm ver- I'll verify that here. I'm looking that up, but... Um, Most likely he did not have surgery. It's in smaller yeah. cases that we do operate. But um, yeah, so if it was last year and he's working his way back up, then it sounds like he went through a nice lengthwise. It's That's a good amount of time. So he should be be, be getting pretty close, I would hope. Yeah, I agree and with the that good, too. So the thing about a hamstring uh, versus like Tommy John, when you're going through Tommy John, think you think about with Chris Sale is – you're loading that elbow now, and that's a progressive thing because that's a graft that's put in there. They put new 
essentially different tissue. So with the hamstring, it's his own tissue. You don't have to necessarily load it for a three to six month period like that to acclimate it. We call it a process of ligamentization in the elbow with Tommy John. So that new tissue that's put in there, we want to stress that tissue a long time and a lot over time versus a hamstring or versus a quad strain, something of that nature. Uh, that's his tissue. You, he might not have to repeat those steps as long. So it okay. could be, it, it could be a quicker process. Yeah. He didn't get surgery just to be clear. He definitely rehabbed it and looks like he's going to make his debut here soon. They're saying they're really pushing up the timeline on this too. So sounds, sounds he pitched fair. a lot of simulated games too, before he went on the rehab start. So he's been pitching a lot. It appears based on the information I'm reading. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, I do get concerned about hamstrings and, and the way I would look at it is it could be a nice addition to your team towards the end of the season. And then you could, you know, you don't have to worry too much about the long term. So it could be good timing for him. Uh, Alex Bregman's got a left quad strain. He's going to start rehab this week. Uh, I assume he'll be fine, but he's had last year. He missed like 20 games with the hammy injury this year. It's the left quad strain. These are soft tissue injuries for Alex Bregman. Uh, yeah, is that a so, pattern or is that just, it could be fluky. Everybody can get soft tissue injuries or is it possible that a player like Bregman is just a little more prone to them because it's in the legs both times. We see a guy like Bregman. We see the, he's a strong, strong kid, pretty powerful. We see this. Yeah, he in, gets dismissed because he looks smaller, but he crushes the ball and he, he's a great he's player. I think he's, he's very strong. strong. He is. Yeah. We do see, we do see a lot of quad hamstrings and players like that. And quad injuries and ball players are another kind of gnarly one. They can sometimes be very difficult to get full power back with. So something you see with that is not getting to full speed, uh, especially around the base paths. You could hit okay. Uh, so talking, you know, talking about field defense versus offense. And I would steals. say, yeah, I mean, sure. And running the base paths, but it can be something where production at the plate might be pretty decent, but might be difficult to get that top speed back and uh, feel the, you know, back on, on the grass. So they could be pretty lengthy rehabs and they can well, sometimes he, take a few months. He hasn't come close to the 40 home run power he showed a couple of years ago. And some people are saying that was because of the trash can gate first. But even, I, I know that maybe that could have added a few home runs, and I don't even want to get into all that. But if the injuries are the issue, that could be a th much more tangible reason for why the power has been sapped. You just described it. Yeah, could be. It could be. I mean, I would generally, I think a lot of players are able to hit pretty decently, you know, even with, uh, especially the quad is usually not like a, uh, it's usually more of an acute injury that, they don't really play that well through. So it's hard mm. to say, but quads, hamstrings, those are kind of in the similar boat there of taking a long time, really affect player. I, you know, you could think of it this way. Hamstring, a lot of times related to the overall ability for that athlete to slow themselves down and stay healthy. Quad performance, being able to you know, run faster, throw the ball harder, throw, you know, things of that nature, hit the ball harder. So kind of like a yin and yang injury right there, but both uh -uh. kind of affect the player similarly. Carson Kelly fractured his right wrist a month ago and now he's coming back. He's rehabbing. He's going to be back this week in a week. 
Yeah. Do we really expect him to dominate at the plate or even be adequate? I'm, you always hear the stories about hand injuries, wrist injuries with hitting, and it takes a while to get back to the the pop that they used to have. A fractured right wrist for a right-handed hitter. What do you think? It, 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 yeah, it could be really difficult from a performance perspective. They could be fully healthy. The bone is fully healed. And because it's your hand, imagine if you were a golfer and you had a, a wrist injury. It could be pretty difficult yeah. to... Uh, to get your, your swing back. It's the same thing for a baseball player. So sometimes it can, it can wreak havoc. Uh, Carson Kelly is a mentally and physically strong young man. He, uh, you know, I got to work with him a little bit. I have no reason to think that he should be able to figure it out and, and be fine. But, uh, some players do struggle. It's, it's difficult to know and predict which players are going to get caught uh, a player like Patrick wisdom. Look at him. He, he had a history. I mean, I don't know how much people know, but you know, he's, he's had a history of some wrist stuff and, uh, he's hitting the ball pretty well now. So, you know, you oh, see, really? yeah, a long time, a while ago, but you know, players, players deal with those things and do just fine. So hopefully Carson will be just like that and bounce again. Back. He just turned 27 on July 14th. So congratulations, Carson. We hope you do well. We hope you're healthy. I have to admit selfishly though, Carson, I'm a big Dalton Varsho fan. So I really want him to continue to play. And he is absolutely crushing the ball since you've been out. So I don't know what they're going to do there, but Dalton can also play the outfield. So that's he's a great athlete and catchers are great athletes more often than not right yeah absolutely absolutely we well, got we, through it we, we did got, it man we did wow. it i i wanted i was gonna mention steven strasberg but i'm just like the guy's a mess i don't even know what to, what does he got? to say What's he's he got, got everything he last year he, he had carpal tunnel surgery because he was all oh, right was I, numb yeah so the thing that i'm thinking with strasberg he had tj so he had tj early in his career right his first few years and you're talking about are we a decade past that like yeah, we really are. Yeah, that was like so, 2011. Right. So at the end of the day, no player is going to be unscathed from a major surgery. He had two, didn't he? He, he I'll verify that. But I mean, the point being is he had carpal tunnel surgery last year. Then he has a, a neck sounds, strain, shoulder inflammation. So sounds, this is all over the last calendar year here. Sounds nerve related. It sounds like, you know, sometimes we see this in players with stuff in the brachial plexus, the nerves that leave under the clavicle, th thoracic outlet, that kind of thing. So yeah. this kind of, this starts to shape into like that type of situation where we think of thoracic outlet syndrome. This might be the one case where, you know, oh, Dave, Dave hit that one on the head. I don't know. I, I don't want to be premature with this, but you might hear co a conversation about something like a thoracic outlet syndrome if he's getting carpal tunnel and then his shoulder stuff like that. It almost sounds exactly like that to me. So that's a tough one. That's that's that can really affect you from all angles because of the the nerve involvement, numbness, tingling, weakness in the muscle. So I'm wondering if he's getting some nerve stuff throughout his arm, some compression of one of his nerves. Well, we know it definitely happened. Supposedly the surgery fixed it, but it doesn't. I'd I'd be he, dubious of that with the shoulder inflammation and then the neck surgery. He had thoracic. He did not, no. He had the, uh, the carpal tunnel, he had the carpal tunnel surgery. Well, yeah. so that, okay. So then that's all right. So now if he had surgery in the wrist and we're thinking the, again, thoracic outlet through that thoracic outlet up there under the clavicle and that first rib where all those nerves go, yeah. they can also mimic injuries or, or numbness or tingling down in the wrist distally. So if he had that carpal tunnel surgery and he's still feeling stuff. Now I'm starting to really wonder if it was higher up the chain and it, it was somewhere else. So that, that sounds like that could have been, that could have been mimicking more carpal tunnel stuff with thoracic outlet going on.
Oh, yeah, yeah, well, he, he just signed pitching... a mega deal last year. Well, $245 million. So they're stuck with him for a long time still. Yeah. They want to get it right well, as well. Bobby Bonilla is getting paid still, so. Oh, God. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla Day every July 1st. When will that end? A couple more years? I think it's finally over. <laughs> I think but. it's a few years. He's uh, he's a smart guy. Bobby Bonilla was smarter than everybody else. That's for damn sure. There it is. We did it. We want to thank everybody. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you did enjoy it, let us know. You know, tweet at me, DM us, Palazzo Podcast at ProtonMail.com, Palazzo Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, two L's, two Z's. Utah. You Give can share. Hey, I like that, David Guy, and I want to hear more about injuries. And here's what I'd like to hear about. If you guys have specific players and injuries you want to talk about next Monday, because we're going to try to do this every Monday, as long as David's available, as long as we'll I'm try, available. We'll try and do it. And hey, all you out there, you, you love baseball, you watch baseball, you play fantasy baseball. I'm sure you have your fair share of injuries yourselves. So if you want to learn my approach, head over to Amazon. Injured to Elite is the name of the book. I got an audio book for you commuters out there and those that like to listen to that kind of thing. And uh, the podcast, I got to say, I got some ball players for you. I got Matt Holiday, I got Daniel Bard, I got Ryan Sheriff, some minor league ball players come on, some mental skills coaches with the Diamondbacks, and plenty of baseball content for you on Injured Tool Elite. So check it out. And Michael, thank you for having me. Well, how about your buddy, Ryan Sheriff of Tampa? He's been. Uh... He's back up there, right? He's going up and down. And uh, I haven't talked to Ryan in a few, in a week or two. So I got to give him a call. But, I've been following uh, his career much more closely since we had that conversation. I how's think he been uh, doing? You know, I decent. Uh, he's he, not has, been getting the high. Le- I thought he'd get some more opportunities than he's gotten. Uh, but they're lot. Their bullpen is stacked, man, and they right. know how. I don't know if anybody's better at using a bullpen than the Tampa Bay Rays. I'm serious when I say that because they have so many guys and Nash and the crew. They know exactly how they want to use them at Seems all times. Like it. I've I've just been a fan of him. I'd like to see him get some more opportunities, but he's, he hasn't really had that many so far. So it's been pretty limited. But I, I hope, I hope. Me too. I wish for the best. So. He's doing, I'm just happy to see him back up there. It's it's awesome that he's persevering. But uh, hey, how about baseball in the Olympics? What do you think? Hey, I don't know what's going on in the Olympics. Uh, I just can't even. It's like <laughs> is it really thing? happening? It seems right, no. It just seems thing. weird this year. It's just like yeah. It's like it's there's a lot of corruption. I hate to be a buzzkill man, but. IOC is a messed up place. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I don't want to ruin it for the athletes, which sucks because it's the same problem I have, David, with University of Michigan football. You know, they've got this whole thing that's going on with this doctor who abused hundreds and hundreds of athletes over 40 years. He was the team doctor. Right. And I don't want to ruin it for the current athletes that are at Michigan now, but it's a massive like it just hangs over and I'm not the kind of guy to just dismiss stuff like, Hey, all for the glory of the best for the program. That's just not me. I'm going to keep it real. And I'm going to talk about what's going on. There's even corruption in the little league game down the block from, from everybody. (laughs) It's uh, you know, there was probably corruption in the Grecian days, any sport, anything. It's true. I mean, I was up in Lake Placid with the USOC a little bit and I heard, yeah, it's, it's true, man. You got to just, Hey, you know what? got to enjoy it for what it's worth. I, I liked watching the gymnastics, uh, Simone Biles, and she's a competitor. I, I really, I get a kick out of watching the gymnast, the women, the female gymnasts. I think I they're, agree. I think I, they got to be some of the most incredible athletes out there. They make baseball players look like, uh, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, but I agree. They, I agree. They're phenomenal athletes, fun to watch. You can yep. see it in their face. They, they're not quote unquote getting paid for it, but they're, their effort level. And you don't want to talk about working through injuries. I mean, they're unbelievable. 
I so, watched a couple docs about gymnasts. Uh, unfortunately, bogus stuff, but also amazing stuff too. You learn a lot, and God, it's but it's just like you said, it's another place that's rife for assholes to go in there and do dumb shit. Yeah, I no, just, they're. But they, well, you, I, the athletes themselves, I'll keep it there. They are incredible, and the things they can do blows my mind. I mean, I'm a I'm a 40 year old white guy. I can't do anything. I'm like, wow, that is amazing heard, what these people not, can do. You're not. You haven't been playing the softball lately. Oh, I have. Yeah, I played uh, yesterday. Don't sell so. yourself short. There you go. A little sore. <laughs> yeah. Look you at me turn some? in. I turn in on that uh, inside slow pitch coming in at 20 miles an hour. Watch out. So take you on yeah. an injured to elite. Uh, we'll do a set an injured to elite session one of these days. I'll take you through would, a little a little arm care program live. Show people what we're talking about. That see now that's where I could use some help. That'd some arm fun. care, maybe a couple ticks on my velocity. That would really yeah. help me out. I, all right, I, I'm into that. I would love to hey, do, do you, a uh, model that. You got to get Robbie Rowe on the show. You know Robbie Rowe? I I worked with Robbie Rowland a little bit when I was with the Cardinals. He's got a huge fi- I'm sure some of your audience knows Robbie Rowe. He's got a cool Instagram account. Check his really? check him out. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I will. Yeah, I, I don't know who that is. He, He's got a big personality like you, too. <laughs> hey, I'm the big man with the big personality. I did hit a big double with the bases loaded yesterday. That felt good. Go. Right down the line. It just dropped right on the line. It's so beautiful. Line drop. Mm. That's when you feel good. It feels good Maybe, to be outside. I'll last tell you thing, the thing that I don't like about adult softball, I was in Brooklyn. I was uh, in Williamsburg walking by um, big park over there and no fence. Oh. The outfielders are just all the way out there. And th- I mean, they were legit. They were, you know, pumping the music, walk up songs. Like they were taking it a little <laughs> too seriously, but they were crushing the ball. And then there's the outfielder playing way too far back. And ca- I think that's ridiculous. What like 350 that? feet. <laughs> like, what is that? that that's it's silly. It, like, it is silly. I, if you're playing softball out there, give yourself a fence. You need a I fence. Agree. I agree. There's, I don't want to take it. I don't want to be a psycho about it, but I, a fence is a requirement. I want to have a fence. You should not be able to, to, yeah. And if you don't have a fence, put some cones or something out there, put somebody in the outfield. And if it's past a certain point, no, that's ridiculous. I, I, because I I take that effect. When I was in PT school, we played some softball and I crushed a few. And then somebody, you can't catch that. It's over the (laughs) fence. Imagine if Major League Baseball didn't have fences and the ball just carried forever. I mean, what kind of games would we see? It would just, pitchers would have no chance. Well, that was called uh, the 19, before the the 1960s. No, no, the polo grounds. Ah, yeah. It was like 475 feet to one area. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. People get pissed. I kind of like, I used to play those. I had this game when I was younger because they they let you play in the old stadiums and it was impossible to hit a home run in certain parts (laughs) of it because you're right. It's like, it it starts out normal and then like, juts way out there, Sportsman Park, all these weird ass places, Scheib, a bunch of old ass places that were very, very strange. But that's why I love baseball because it has these unique dimensions. It's not like a cookie cutter like a football or a hockey or a basketball arena. It's kind of cool. It and will always be the most unique thing to me about baseball. So Look I at that. We did, we did a full episode just now. I yeah, we really see. did. <laughs> we right. couldn't help ourselves. David is too entertaining and talented and knowledgeable. So I oh, hope you guys thanks. dug it. We're going to keep trying to do this when we can. Make sure you follow David. I've said 800,000 times. I'll be back on at five. I'm going to do a prospect segment with Look Phil Goyette. So if you want to come back at five, uh, we're trying to keep it to 20 minutes, but we saw how this went, so who the hell knows. And then we're doing a full episode at 9 o'clock with Carlos Marcano, so it's a busy Monday. I'm going to Georgia this week. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to listen to the Intro to Elite book. I audio love version. it. That's I what I'm going to do. i got a 13-hour drive. What's a better way for me to knock out 13 hours than to listen to your book? It's about time I did it anyway. So My man. I, I will have a full report on that when I get back. 
my man. I appreciate it. It's been fun. I appreciate it too, my brother. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, Joey says, I feel like Sammy Sosa high heat baseball used to have all those stadiums. Yeah, I'd, I don't remember that one. He cheated, though. We do know that. Anyways. I love that. Joey Ricotta. <laughs> oh, you I like that name, that. man? Oh, man. I Joey's a that. good dude. Joey's a fine, upstanding American. And I still have to be on the show, Joey. We have a very old date to be on your show. So let me know when we can do that. See you guys in a couple hours. See you guys tonight. I, Follow David. Injure to Elite. Bye. Thank you. Thank you all. Rule five, fix that stick, a hard to find. From Chris Shelton to Reed Gay.